We're talking to a Grand Ole Opry legend, Bill Anderson, on the Music Universe podcast. This episode of the Music Universe podcast is sponsored by Aroma Retail. Both Buddy and I own and love their machines. I use their travel size diffuser and it fills my whole apartment. And Matt, their home unit can get your whole house smelling refreshed. And if you have a lot of pets like I do, you definitely need it. With some of your favorite fragrances from resort destinations around the world, there is definitely something for everyone. Yeah, they have 90 fragrances available for diffusing as room and linen sprays. I know you might like that because the the dogs and cats jump on the beds. Uh, There's candles and even wax melters. Those are fun. Head over to aromaretail.com and use code MUSICUNI10 for 10% off your order. And that is one zero on that 10. MUSICUNI10. Scent your space with Aroma Retail. I am smiling from ear to ear on this one. This, uh, you know, we just we just hung up with him, and I, I, that man is is as much a legend in his personality as he is in his music, and he handles it so gracefully and so yeah. down to earth. And I just I cannot wait. I cannot wait. As I know you hate when I do this, but as we are recording this, uh, it's before CMA Fest. We talked at the end about whether or not he'd be at CMA Fest. And uh, when when I get to go to his booth, I cannot wait to shake this man's hand. He is a legend and one of the most down-to-earth people and so, so fun to talk to. And and we didn't get deep into this, but you could tell he's just a country music historian. Oh, yeah. Just some of the stories you're going to hear him say in this interview. Like, I've, I've got chills from it just because I'm picturing seeing this i'm picturing the the walls of the grand Ole opry and and what and the story he tells and the the recordings with dolly parton because the new album is called as far as i can see the best of it's out today june 10th on uh, umg nashville and it features two duets and one is a circa 1964 demo that he did with Dolly, and you'll hear him explain that later in the interview. But first we talk about the new duet from 2022 that inspired this project. So it was a great interview, fun, and uh, let's just let Bill say the rest. Whispering Bill Anderson, the new greatest hits album, as far as I can see. I have to ask, sir, right off the bat, how does somebody take a career as legendary and illustrious as yours and get it down to 16 songs? What was that process like? <laughs> well, they had a lot to choose from. Thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that. And uh, I'm really happy to be here with, with you guys today. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. I didn't pick the 16 songs that are on the record. They went back into the vault. Let me kind of go back to the beginning. This record is on Universal Records, uh, UMG Records, which is the current name for the company that I knew in the early days as Decca Records and later as MCA Records. And I was with them as a recording artist for 23 years from 1958 to 1981 through 1981 and recorded over 40 albums for them. So they had an awful lot to choose from. And when they decided to move forward with this project, they went in the vault and and picked out the songs that they felt like were the 
the best ones or the most appropriate ones for what they wanted to do. And I had nothing to do with choosing the songs. They just told me these are the ones we chose. And I said, that's fine. Let's go with it. I just appreciate the fact that uh, you want to do anything with my name on it. Well, I, I also see that there's two duets with Dolly Parton. One is a demo from 1964-ish, and then one's a brand new track. Did you specifically record it for this project, or was it just recorded and they included it? No, the duet, the new duet, was actually the impetus for the whole album. The folks at Universal heard the duet and uh, liked it a lot and thought it had a lot of potential. And then they said, wait a minute, we got all these old Bill Anderson <laughs> records back in the vault somewhere. Maybe we should just uh, combine the two. It was, I, I never had any uh, idea of, of, a, of a concept like this. This was strictly Cindy Mabe and the people at, uh, at Universal who uh, conceptualized and visualized this. The record that Dolly Parton didn't even start out to be a duet. The, the new one, Someday It'll All Make Sense. It was just something I had recorded and it got played for a, a dear friend of mine and Dolly Parton's hairdresser, a girl named Cheryl Riddle, who's been with Dolly for a long time and has been a longtime friend of mine. And Cheryl heard the song with just me singing it and she took it to Dolly and she said, I could sure hear you doing this uh, as a duet with Bill, maybe putting your voice on it. Next thing I knew, Dolly had done it and <laughs> sent me a copy of it. And she just made the song and the record just come alive. It took on a whole new life, uh, as everything does when Dolly Parton touches it. Well, I, I, I want to take a side note. When you said that Dolly sent you her recording, I've heard recently that she really communicates through facts, even sending Miley Cyrus a demo on a cassette tape. Did you receive this demo of her on a, on a cassette tape? <laughs> no, uh, I think actually, I think she recorded it maybe at her house or a studio that she has at her office or something. And, and uh, her engineer sent it to my engineer. And that's, uh, ah. that's how I got it. Yeah. I didn't that's even awesome. know she had done it uh, until I actually heard it. Wow. Oh, wow. I want to talk about, of course, the name of the album uh, takes from the first line of, of course, City Lights, something I didn't know, speaking about artists and recording and this and that. Uh, the late Mr. Mickey Gilly had, uh, I believe, done City Lights or was at least doing it live because when I saw him in Branson about eight months ago, he did City Lights in Branson. Did he record that uh, back in the in the 70s? Yes, he did. Of course, the original hit record of it was by Ray Price in 1958. Yeah. Mickey came along and recorded it in his own inimitable style in 1974. And it was a number one record. Yes, it that's was what I the thought. second uh, number one record. Mickey had started his country career with a hit on the old song Room Full of Roses and then chose City Lights to be his follow up to that. And I was very honored, very proud, and uh, told him many, many times during his lifetime how much I appreciated him doing it. And he did it as any great artist would do. He took it and, and made it his own, did it in his own style. And uh, it was different from the way I wrote it and different from the way that Ray Price recorded it, but it connected with a lot of people. What is it about that song? That song has had such an incredible life that people kind of pick it up, make it their own, and have incredible success with it. What do you think 
it is about that particular piece. If I knew it, I'd put it in every song I wrote. <laughs> you That's just don't one. know. You write them and you think, well, you know, maybe somebody will understand this and relate to it. And, and nobody does. And the song is a dud. And then you write one and you get lucky and people come up and say to you, boy, you must have written that song just for me because that's the way that I feel. And when they say that, you know, you've connected. What it is about City Lights, I don't know, but I'm sure glad it's there. Yeah, and uh, all great songs. And you've got that demo with Dolly from 1964 that is what just now being released, right? Yeah, this was actually lost for quite a while. Uh, Dolly came out to Bradley's Barn Studio in 1964. She was new in town. I didn't even know her name. She was referred to me by somebody else. And I was doing a, a demo session. I needed a girl singer. And uh, Dolly Parton showed up, thank goodness, and did a great job on this uh, song. Um, the, the demo... Uh, was was just on a, on a tape with seven or eight other songs that we did that night and somehow for years this this song was missing it it, it disappeared and um, somebody found an old acetate of it somewhere and cleaned it up and got rid of all the pops and scratches and everything and and uh, they're they're releasing it again it's it's interesting to kind of hear because the songs are back to back on the record to hear bill and dolly from 1964 and then bill and dolly from 2022 you can you can hear us age <laughs> you can hear our arteries hardening <laughs> over the years but uh what what a thrill is is to have that old record and then to uh, to have the new one that she participated in love yeah, it such, a, such an amazing career with that go ahead matt i was gonna say i love that okay the arteries might harden but i i guarantee you the voice is barely changed if anything and that that is what is so lovely about country music is you can come back to things 40, 50, 60 years later even, and it still still mean what it meant back then. And I think uh, it's a testament to your endurance in this business that somebody like Dolly back then, and now both of you have had amazing careers and you still come together on, on the new song. I got to film a video with Dolly uh, a week or so ago on oh, cool. on the uh, on the new song someday it'll all make sense and we sat there and 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 laughed about uh, all those things you know you uh, you go down through the years and of course she's had her fabulous career she had the years with Porter Wagner and uh, I had the years with with Jan Howard in fact I, I said to Dolly on the set when we were filming the video I said, what do you think Porter Wagner and Jan Howard are, are thinking? They're looking down from up in heaven and they're seeing us down here doing that. I said, what do you think they're saying? She said, they're saying, God, I had no idea their careers would last this long. <laughs> <laughs> well, your career has, and it's going to continue. And you've got a Country Music Hall of Fame exhibit with the same title, Bill Anderson, as far as I can see. What, what can... What artifacts can people see in there and what does it feel like to be profiled like that? 
I never in my wildest dreams ever thought anything like that would ever happen. They came to me back uh, about 2019, I guess, toward the end of the year and told me they were thinking about doing this at the Hall of Fame. And then, of course, COVID came along and kind of derailed everything for a while. I looked at the exhibit the first time, uh, the night that it officially opened, and uh, they called it as far as I can see. And I said, I never could see this far. <laughs> I didn't think anything like this would ever happen. It, uh, it, it's kind of like uh, seeing your life pass in front of your eyes. You know, they say that happens, you know, when, when you're about to die and pass away, that your life flashes before you. I, I was hoping I wasn't going to die the night I was up there, but my life kind of flashed in front of me as I walked through the museum because there's pictures all the way from, you know, my early, early childhood, a picture of me when I was about two or three years old with my mother and then everything right on up until, you know, the modern day. Uh, there, there's no words for me to describe it. I'm very humbled. I'm very honored that they wanted to do the exhibit it thrills me when I hear people go through it and say how much they enjoyed it. It's it's interactive. They can listen to the songs at various places and hear the stories behind the songs and see the pictures and kind of watch it as it all unfolded. It's um, I, I I have to pinch myself because <laughs> it just uh, th these are the kind of things that kinds of things that happen to other people. They never happened to Billy Anderson from Columbia, South Carolina. Well, well, they have now. And I got to ask, you know, of course, your recording career, of course, your songwriting career. What's the biggest change you've seen in the industry uh, throughout the, the many, many decades that you've been uh, a part of it? What is the biggest change? Is it easier or is it harder for, for artists to get their work recognized? Well, I think I, I would hate to be trying to get started today because it's so much more competitive. There's so much more uh, that you have to overcome and, and work through. And yet at the same time, there's more opportunity because there's more people listening to music right now than have ever listened to music before, thanks to uh, streaming and all the other things that have come along. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, how does it feel to have these old records of yours released digitally? And I said, you've got to realize when I made my first album, it was released in mono, monaural. It wasn't even in stereo. So yeah. not only did we not even know of, of uh, the digital world that lay ahead, we didn't know of, uh, you know, this new thing called stereo. And also it has just changed. There, there's nothing about it that hasn't changed. But, you know, life has, has changed uh, a lot between... 1958 and 2022 as well. Yeah, and you're uh, a Grand Ole Opry legend, and you know you you play it regularly. W what does it feel like, even after all these years, to walk on that stage and stand in that circle? There's no place like it. Absolutely no place like it. Minnie Pearl said to me one time. She said, "You know, if you don't get a few butterflies in your stomach before you." you go on the stage and perform, then it doesn't mean as much to you as it should. And uh, people ask me if I get nervous at the Opry. No, I don't get nervous. I don't, I don't get frightened or scared or anything. But you always, 
get that little butterfly down in your stomach as the curtain goes up or as you walk out on that stage. There's no other stage like it in the world. And I, I feel so honored to have been there for as long as I have, 60 plus years. And uh, in a way, it seems like yesterday. It's amazing. I mean, just dropping the name Minnie Pearl tells you uh, how far back that goes. And, and uh, you know, you see the name Sarah Cannon all over Nashville now. I mean, it's, it's, the Opry has extended far beyond music to, to mean so much to that community. It's, it's, it's incredible. She was a wonderful lady and she left uh, quite a legacy. And as Sarah Cannon, of course, with the Cancer Center and, and everything that, uh, that bears her name, a wonderful lady. I got to do a little interview the other day. Uh, PBS is doing a a special on Minnie Pearl that's going to air next year. And they, oh, cool. they interviewed me and I got a chance to talk about her. I had some very special moments with Minnie. I was very blessed. Now yeah. I got to ask you backstage, not in character. Did she still go by Minnie or was it, or was it Sarah when she wasn't on stage? Oh no, it was always Minnie. And, <laughs> uh, I, I told, I told the story on the, on the, uh, this special about her the last time I saw her she was walking down the hall at the Opry I was coming in to do the the late show and she had already performed and she was leaving and she never called me Bill it was funny you ask about calling her Minnie she always called me Bill Anderson she never just called me Bill and we're walking <laughs> down the hall and she kind of reached out and and touched me on the arm she said Bill Anderson I love you <laughs> and, uh, I looked right at her and I said, Minnie Pearl, I love you too. So she was always Minnie. Uh, she was Miss Sarah to a lot of people. And we all knew that, that you know, that's, that was her name and, and her, her, her offstage persona. But uh, we just loved her as Minnie. That's what we called her. I love it. I love it. I'm sure she was as large as larger than life offstage as she was on. Well, so many of the Opry people. You know, I got here at the greatest time. I came here kind of at the end of what they call the hillbilly era. And, and I got to know the Roy Acuffs and the Ernest Tubbs and the Eddie Arnolds and the Red Foley's. And then to, to think I know the Garth Brooks and the Reba McIntyre's and the Carrie Underwoods of today. Uh, I have had a, an incredible, very blessed life to go from one end of that spectrum to the other. Do me a favor. Um, this is a bit of a lofty question. You mentioned Garth, and 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 he talks about you know oh some people can't stand that uh, the rap is coming in the hip hop influence. He said country music is just what authentically comes from here. But for you who has seen so many generations come up, please define country music. Define it. What does it mean? What does it mean to you? Wow. Um... <laughs> Uh, on so many different levels, it means so many different things. Uh, number one, I do not resent the direction that country music has mm -hmm. taken because uh, throughout my lifetime and my career, I've seen it take a lot of different directions. Uh, people say, well, it doesn't sound like it used to. And I said, yeah, well, they don't put running boards on cars anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> they used to yeah. back in the old days. That's so true. the only thing that's constant about music is it's constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. I imagine when Bill Anderson and Mel Tillis and Roger Miller and Willie Nelson and Tom T. Hall and Loretta Lynn, when we all came to town in the 60s, 
we weren't doing it the same way that Mr. Acuff and Bill Monroe and Ernest Tubb and Eddie Arnold had done it back in the late 40s and, and the early 50s. And they probably thought, well, country music is uh, <laughs> going to hell in a handbasket with all these new kids coming along. So uh, we we were probably the object of their their scorn at one time. And, and so it's not right that we try to pull put fences around it or, or put it inside a little box or something. It, it is what it is. It's going to grow. It's going to go in the direction that, that, that the fans want it to go, really, because if they don't like it, they won't accept it. And we just move forward and try to do the best we can. Well, Bill Anderson, some of the best examples of uh, country music writing, country music recording and singing, you're going to hear that on, uh, as far as I can see, 16 biggest hits. I cannot wait to get my hands on this record. I will be in that. Are you going to be at CMA Fest? Uh, uh, are you coming to CMA Fest? Yes, this I'm year? going to be in the um, in the uh, UMG booth. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, for a, a, an autograph session at what they call Fanfare X. And I'm really looking forward to that. That takes me back to the old days at the fairgrounds and the municipal auditorium when that's uh, what Fanfare was that evolved into CMA Music Fest. So I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Well, that's awesome. I will be able to come and, and say hello to you then because I will be down there. Buddy's, we're still working on getting Buddy out from the West Coast, but uh, we, uh, I will at least be there. If, if not, Buddy, we will come and, and shake your hand. Thank you, Matt. You and Buddy both. I appreciate it very much. I look forward to seeing you at CMA Music Fest and uh, thank you for your time. You know, I'm sitting here feeling guilty while we're doing the interview because it's like we're talking about everybody but Bill. And then you realize he has touched so many people's lives. He's inducted so many of the current artists. In fact, I have in my head, I think this is true. Please look this up. I think Bill is the person who inducted Garth into the Opry. I think Bill is the one who handed him the trophy. I think. I, I could be wrong. You're right. It was no Johnny Russell. Okay, well, Johnny Russell. Inducting him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for some reason, I have this image in my head of Bill and Garth standing together. That could be something else. But, but I mean, Bill's been a member since 1961. That's yes. when he first started releasing music. That's, and that's amazing. It's incredible. And that's before they went to the Opry House in the 70s. You oh, know, yeah, that's still downtown where the Ryman is now. That's the well, it was at the Ryman. Um, right. So and you're sitting here. We had to take a little quick break because you're getting all emotional here in all this history. And it's, it's it, it is because, like I said before the interview, you just and here we go again. I don't know if you can see my eyes are starting to water just from the emotion <laughs> because we've been there. We've been to the Opry. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been there several times, actually. But you walk those halls and you can just. Oh, yes. It's kind of a throwback, like like a this is us moment. If you watch it, where you just cut back and you you're in your head, you're reliving these moments. Although we weren't there living those moments, we're imagining yeah. those moments. And when he just told us that story about Minnie Pearl, it's like you you just a, a film needs to be made about the Grand Ole Opry and its history, but oh, yeah. make it a film where there's real conversations that artists had that they remember and make oh, it yeah. like it's just a history piece and i know the the country music um, mini series that was out a few years ago kind of you know probably touched on that but it's just 
it's just so so awesome you know and we're talking to a grand Ole opry legend i told you that before we went on i'm like oh, he's yeah. a grand Ole opry legend and here we oh i know and i'm tell- and i'm telling you the um if he isn't in the hall of fame which which if he has an exhibit, but they put exhibits on people who aren't in there. If he's mm-hmm. not in the Hall of Fame, he need, he's one of those that absolutely needs to be. But you talk about getting emotional at the every. I remember we're in the middle of where they used to film Hee Haw. This was almost two years ago now. Yeah. We went um, in November of 20 and we did the tour. And I just, I start bawling because mm-hmm. when I was in college and I talked for two, it was kind of taking off. I'm like, this is great, but what I want to do is host a talk show where I get to talk to country music people. And now we're doing that. I'm writing, I go see all these shows and I write for the site and we get to do interviews like this and, and, and freaking Lori Morgan, who we're interviewing later today, but I think will have already aired uh, before bill here. So it's just, it's, it's incredible. And, and, that love for his career and that love for the journey is just so infectious from Bill, truly. Yeah, yeah. So Bill was elected into the Country Music Hall of Fame in I knew 2000, two thousand one. Yeah, twenty or uh, yeah, twenty one years ago, and then the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame in nineteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. So he's in the big three of yep. country music royalty, and he is country music royalty because I honestly, when I pass. And we're at Opryland, and here's another teary-eyed moment. When I see that WSM studio, mm-hmm. I think of Bill Anderson. You just you can't help it, right? Right. So that it. was it was such a fun interview. Uh, the album is is great. Uh, such a and it's a great audio retrospective of his career, going from '64 with Dolly to 2022 with Dolly, and mm-hmm. everything in between. So. It's going to be a great listen. For the Music Universe Podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. Thanks for listening and watching. And be sure to hit that like, subscribe, and share button. And check us out at themusicuniverse.com for the latest news, reviews, and more. Take care. This episode of the Music Universe Podcast is sponsored by Aroma Retail. Both Buddy and I own and love their machines. I use their travel size diffuser, and it fills my whole apartment. And Matt, their home unit can get your whole house smelling refreshed. And if you have a lot of pets like I do, you definitely need it. With some of your favorite fragrances from resort destinations around the world, there is definitely something for everyone. Yeah, they have 90 fragrances available for diffusing as room and linen sprays. I know you might like that because the the dogs and cats jump on the beds. Uh, There's candles and even wax melters. Those are fun. Head over to aromaretail.com and use code MUSICUNI10 for 10% off your order. And that is 1-0 on that 10. MUSICUNI10. Scent your space with Aroma Retail. (laughs) 